our family has gathered a lot of tribal knowledge, best practices on how to pull these off. And we realized why not give this, you know, all this great information directly to the audience so that they can implement it in their own families. Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, podcasters, if you're like me, you love hosting your show, but get discouraged by the time it takes to produce and market the final product. Turn to Podcast Media Machine, the number one solution for podcast design, production, content creation, and management. Visit podcastmediamachine.com. That's podcastmediamachine.com. Now back to our show. Hey, everybody. We're back at it again on this episode. I have with me Stephen Arms. He is the co-author of the book Milestone to Manhood. This is a topic I really love discussing, and we've discussed at length before, and that's rites of passage. And uh, we're going to really get into actually the nuts and bolts and listen to Stephen's story, and I think you will this will really resonate with you, so make sure you hang in. First, I want to talk to you about our second annual big event coming up. If you have not been paying attention, we had an event in September of this year in Montana. It was an absolute home run and life-changing for men. I don't quite know what to say other than that, other than you need to get here. Uh, it will be in June this year, again up in Montana, and we only have 25 spots. And I have over... 25 verbal commitments. And so as we all know, verbal is one thing, but when you put, make that down payment, it's an all-in commitment. So uh, be watching for that information coming out because we literally are taking the first 25. If I have 50 people that want to do it, I'll run two, but at this point, it's looking like it's probably going to be one. So make sure you're paying attention at Brotherhood of Fatherhood Facebook group, Brotherhood of Fatherhood on Instagram, Brotherhood of Fatherhood page will have some of the information. You can also just follow me, Scott Ramage, on any of those uh, platforms, and I will be talking about it a lot. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, writing a book about something men don't think about. And um, I'll have to be honest, uh, I my boys are... 15, 14, and 18. And although I've done what I find to be a really good job raising them, uh, right, like a specific rite of passage was one thing I did not ever know about. Like literally yeah. did not know about. I had an amazing father. I would say I did rites of passage things, but not in a formal way. And my friend Aaron Guyette has been on the show and talked about it. He, he has very specific ways. He he has built out a rite of passage for all of his kids. But right now you have this book um, that you co-authored and it is literally nuts and bolts. Here's what happened for me and here's what you can do for your kids. So I'm really excited to get into this with you. Thank you. Yeah, you're totally right. You know, most, most men today don't even know about what a rite of passage is when when my dad and I, who I co-authored the book with, when we tell people about our family tradition and the rite of passage in our family, the first thing that they always say is, wow, that's so cool. I wish my dad had done something like that for me. And then the second thing they say is, I'm going to do something like that for my son. 
Mm-hmm. And it was that kind of feedback that when my dad and I would hear that, we were like, we need to turn this into a book because I think other people can really benefit from this tradition that our family has been practicing for the last 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, there's such steeped tradition in so many places in the world. In the U.S., it's like we it's lost on us. But you know where you see rites of passage in the U.S. right now are in really negative areas, uh, gang initiations. That's literally a rite of passage, right? Yeah. And I'm sure there's so many more. Um, where did this all originate from? I mean, let me back up. We know that there's tribes in Africa that have rites of passage. There's there's rites of passage like passed down generation to generation and generation. Somehow in the U.S. and North America, it's just like we lost our way. I, I, and so um, I, have you done any research or studying on any of that history at all? You know, I would say the reason for that is uh, primarily, I would say it's because of the Industrial Revolution mm. and how we went from an agricultural society where families were very tight knit, you know, boys worked alongside with their dads on the farm, or uh, if they were iron workers, you know, they were at the Smith with their dad learning the trade from them. We went from that to dad going off to work in a factory all day and boys going off to school, which has some amazing benefits. Don't get me wrong. I think the industrial revolution did a lot of good things for the world, but one of the downsides is that it kind of separated the family, you know, mm-hmm. kids were not spending as much time with their parents. And so I think that's one reason why we don't have a rite of passage today is because the family is so much more separated and it's not as tight knit as it used to be. When you look at tribal societies, like in Africa, in Australia, the Aboriginal walkabout, um, that's when you see other examples of rites of passage because those communities are so tight knit. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'd never really even thought about the industrial revolution, the like the formalization of school where the kid goes away. And I there's again, I'm with you. There's a lot of benefits of that, but I also feel like there it's really stripped culture from us. It's really like instead and we even now have a culture of well, it's really the school's responsibility. I think actually schools are like promoting it's our responsibility to make sure that they understand their, what they need to be doing and how they need to be acting. And like, for me, I want to run as far away from that as possible. I kind of feel like it should be in the home. And then we have like this cycle, right? Like now parents are so busy working and they don't know how to implement culture and tradition in family. So then they don't have a choice, but to lean into, at least they don't think they have a choice, but to lean into a school to tell them how to do it. I think it's a very destructive cycle. You're totally right. I think it is a vicious cycle. And really by sharing this rite of passage family tradition with other families, our hope is that we can kind of bring some of that culture back into the family so that people can uh, implement this tradition and give this to their sons and daughters um, in their own family. Yeah. So Let's talk a little bit about the book. And and guys, I'm not sitting here selling the book. I want you to understand that I read this and um, you know, I do get few, quite a few books in the mail. And I, I read this and I realized like one, I really love the layout. And so I really, I really highly encourage every man to get a source 
get a source for rites of passage. This is a story, your story, Stephen, and then it goes into like it tells each step of the process. And then at the end, it's literally like a manual, like, boom, do this, do this, do this. Oh, and if you don't want to do it this way, here's things you need to consider. And for me, that's really cool because it gives a big picture and it's and it's applicable to even me. It's actually even applicable to me with sons at above the 13 is where you have your right, had your right of passage experience. So, you know, I just first, I don't normally do this. I want to tell people just to go buy the book. Um, it's milestone to manhood because it literally will lay it out for you. So the process of this, we'll talk a little bit more about your, your own experience and what you guys do in the book. But I mean, did you guys like lay this out and think like, how are we going to make this really, really sit in other men, how they can implement this or what was the plan? What was the idea? How did this formulate? You know, the plan for the book, uh, was the, the first part of the book is our family story. It's mm -hmm. how this rite of passage tradition got started. It was really my dad and my grandfather who did it. Um, they gave it to my older brother and then every boy in the line, uh, in the family down the line from there. And we thought, you know, stories, the more, the more personal you can be, the more universal your message is. So we wrote down our family story. I wrote down my rite of passage weekend and from the perspective of a 13 year old boy so that uh, the audience could get an idea of what our family's rite of passage weekend looks like. And then, like you said, the whole second part of the book is essentially a how-to guide for fathers to implement it for their own sons. And the thinking there was, you know, we've organized, I think, 13 of these rite of passage weekends over the last 20 years. Wow. We've Our family has gathered a lot of tribal knowledge, best practices on how to pull these off, and we realized why not give this, you know, all this great information directly to the audience so that they they can implement it in their own families. Yeah, I I remember when I first uh, talked with you, I asked you pretty straight up, like, what's your motivation for this? Are you trying to make money? Are you trying to build a like a following? And if I remember correctly, like, no, we just want people to have this information. Yeah, absolutely. We just want people to have it. Um, I have a full-time job. You know, this is just something I do on the side to get the word out. Um, it's, it's a passion project for me. This is something that my grandfather and my dad started. Um, my grandfather passed away in 2016. He had an incredible impact on my life. I would not be the man that I am today without my grandfather. So for me personally, I see this as a way to pass on his legacy and share something that he started with the rest of the world. Uh, so we actually dedicated the book to him and, um, you get to learn a little bit more about my grandfather when you read the book. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something that, uh, he, he was an incredible man. I will say that like, I, uh, you can see that, like that planting of the like moral values, uh, belief system, um, the core values almost of like how you personally operate. All of those were really firmly planted by your grandfather. And um, it's, it's just a really cool story. 
And I do want to address this because I think a lot of guys are like, "Whoa, I didn't have a good grandfather. I didn't have a good dad. We're, we're going to address that. We, yeah. we have to address it. We'd be, it would be neglectful not to. But um, did you know ahead of time what was about to happen? No, I had no idea that I was going to have a rite of passage. So like I was saying earlier, my older brother was the first person in our family to have a rite of passage. He's two years older than me. So my dad held one for him, and then he told my brother to keep it a secret from all of his younger brothers. So I was next down the line, but I had no idea that it was coming. My dad actually told me that we were going to go on a camping trip uh, that weekend for my 13th birthday, just me and him. And then on the drive up, we stopped at a breakfast diner, and in the booth next to us was my grandfather and two of my uncles. And I look over and I'm like, what in the world are you guys doing here? You know, and that's when they kind of let the cat out of the bag. And they told me, you're not actually going on a camping trip one on one with your dad. You're this is your rite of passage weekend in our family. And at the end of this weekend, you'll no longer be considered to be a boy, but you'll you'll be considered to be a man. So the weekend was a total surprise for me. And it did not just involve my dad, but it involved a group of men. For me, it was four guys. My dad, my grandfather, and two of my uncles. Yeah, I um, there's some thoughts around that that I, I want to discuss as well. Like you talk about not knowing what was going on, and it's quite surprising to me, quite frankly, that an older brother wouldn't say anything. But I think that speaks to the fact that there, this is like it was done in such a way that this is a like a ritualistic like tradition like you don't mess with this yeah how do you how how has the success of keeping this from the boys coming up in the family how has that been carried out has, has anybody spilled the beans or are we running 100 percent on this one no we're running 100 percent. so like i said we we had 13 of these rite of passage traditions in our family because my cousins got them as as well so i come mm -hmm. from a family of four but my cousins all got them too. And every time it was a complete surprise for the boy or for the girl. And really the thinking behind keeping it a surprise is uh, making sure that the boy or girl doesn't have any preconceived notions of the weekend, right? At 13 years old, they're just becoming teenagers. You know, they don't necessarily want to spend one-on-one -on -one time with dad. They might think, oh, this weekend's going to be a drag, you know, but if you keep it a surprise from them, you keep, you keep them on their toes and, it shows, you know, in life, it's important never to become too jaded and think that you know what's coming next, you know, because none of us do. Our journeys uh, go left and right all the time and make changes, and we kind of have to be able to uh, just roll with the punches. So I think keeping the weekend a surprise is one one of the elements that makes it special for the boy. Yeah. What is the magic of age 13? I mean, you said it's the first year of teenage, um, but you know, has this been discussed between you and your father and your late grandfather? I think originally it started because of the Jewish bar mitzvah, which occurs mm. at 13. So I think my dad and grandfather thought, you know, there's probably some wisdom there. Um, the other reason, though, is that admittedly 13 years old is pretty early to tell a boy that he's a man. That is on the young side. But it's probably better to tell a boy he's a man a little too early rather than a little too late, right? By 18 years old, by 21 years old, these kids have probably made some pretty important life decisions. Um, so 
without necessarily with the full support of the other men in their family. So the thinking was, let's initiate them a little bit too early so that they have this confidence in their masculine identity that they know deep in their heart, I am a man because my dad, because my grandfather, all these other men told me that that's going to benefit them from age 13 is more beneficial than from age 18. Now, that's not to say, Scott, like you have an 18 year old son. It's not to say the ship has sailed and it's too late. No, we just felt that 13 was the ideal age. But a rite of passage can be held for a boy of any age. I think that it just needs to be kind of adjusted depending on uh, the level, the age of your son. Yeah, I think I think that's a really important message. Like, oh, if you miss 13, sorry, it's over. You can't do it. No. Or, you know, um, like I said, I have a fifth or a 14 turning 15 very soon and an 18th. And I'm si- I'm sitting here racking my brain. What what I did do with my 18 year old was when he graduated, we did a like was a two week road trip where we camped and we traveled and we spent a ton of time together and really talked deep man things went into the the big, um, the big conversations. And, you know, and I have told him like, you're a man now. And that was part of the conversation at that point, there wasn't ritual involved. You know, it almost, if I, if we were to continue to do this and, and build it out, it could become a ritual. Absolutely. But like, I feel like he's, he's like, he's grounded in that, especially, especially my 18 year old, he is really passionate about masculinity and like the stripping of that with his, with his generation. Like he's like, it's a mission of his, he keeps getting banned on TikTok, Instagram because he keeps talking about it. But, um, but I'm thinking on my, my 14 year old and thinking, you know, there's gotta be this moment where I like almost knight him or whatever, you know, whatever you, you do the thing. You guys have like a coin, you have like, there's all, or a gift, I guess it was, but there's all these things that you did. Um, and I think that process is really cool. So walk us through really quick, you know, in a, in a easy fashion, kind of what that looked like that weekend. Sure. So I guess I'll back up one step before I dive into the weekend and say, you know, when we look at other examples of rites of passage, because the rite of passage is a, a broad term, right? Mm-hmm. It's a rite of passage is an event that helps someone transition from one stage in life to the next. So a coming of age ceremony is a rite of passage, but a wedding ceremony is also a rite of passage, right? Your single life is ending, your married life is beginning. So a wedding is a rite of passage. High school graduation ceremony is a rite of passage. High school is ending, college or working life is about to begin. And so the whole purpose of a rite of passage is to help someone make the transition from one stage in life to the next. And as I was just referring to in a wedding ceremony, in a graduation ceremony, there's these rituals that are built into it, right? If you step back and you look at it, Sometimes they can be kind of weird, you know, like if you look at a graduation ceremony where we dress up in gowns, we wear these funny square hats, everyone throws them in the air. Like objectively, when you take a step back, it's kind of weird. But when you actually look in t- into the ceremony, it's like it, it makes then it starts to make sense. Right. Um, there's an entrance procession, which is the formal beginning of this rite of passage. There are speeches by the valedictorian. 
there's the throwing of the caps, which is like a jubilant, joyful moment. And then kind of the, the end of a graduation ceremony is the giving of the diploma, right? You're officially graduated high school. You're no longer in high school. Your college career, your working career is about to begin. So when we look at other examples of rites of passages, there's these rituals that are built in. So my dad and my grandfather, when they were coming up with our family's 13-year-old rite of passage, they thought, what are some rituals that would be meaningful to a boy in, in the early 2000s to help him make this transition to manhood? You know, we could take a page right out of the Australian Aboriginal rite of passage and send the boy off into the wilderness for three months and say, survive on yourself, on your own. And then when you come back, you're a man, but that's not necessarily helpful for a boy today, right? That doesn't really formulate his idea of what it means to be a man or how to be a good man. That might work for their culture and that's great, but that doesn't necessarily work for ours. So my dad and my grandfather came up with seven different rituals and just to name them, to go through them, those are the entrance ceremony, a discussion of what it means to be a man, a scripture sharing exercise, the gifting of letters written to the boy, the gifting of a family heirloom, something we call the ribbon ceremony, which is looking at your positive and negative character traits. And then the last one is the formal bestowing of the title of man. So those are the seven different rituals that make up the weekend. And then the last step, which is kind of an informal ritual, is an after party. So uh, just like in the Jewish bar mitzvah, after the actual ceremony, you go off and you go to a party in a wedding, you go to the wedding ceremony, and then you go to the party after, right? So in the same way, we had these seven formal rituals. And then at the end of the weekend, it was kind of capped off with this joyful celebration with the whole family. Yeah. I and it's so cool. And there's so much meat in each of those. I mean, for you, you, you guys got in a boat, you went across a lake, you landed, you had no clue what you're doing. You're going, you're going camping, right? Yeah. And you, you guys step into the cabin. And at that moment, you're, you're told we're not leaving this place until we're done. And what is it like three days, two days, something? It was that two days, just one, yeah. over, one, one night. Yeah. So, um, you know, and a lot happens in that time. And it was just really interesting reading through. And I'll be honest, I'm like, why in the world? Like, you, you should be going outside and doing really hard things. Like, go do hard things. But there's, there was so much almost gifting from the elders. Like, here's my the Bible passage. Here's, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses. Like, those things, um, which what was <laughs> – I'm sure it's all super memorable to you, but was there one piece of that ritual where you were like the most impacted or the most, uh, like it really rings the most with you at this point? You know, one of them I'll share with you right now that is very impactful is the ribbon ceremony. And the ribbon ceremony, you're looking at your positive and negative character traits. So every man uh, collects a stick from the outside. that's two to three feet long. And the men on the trip have six ribbons tied to the stick. And on the ribbons, they have three positive character traits that they see in themselves and three negative character traits that they see in themselves. So they might write down hardworking, loyal, and faithful. And then they might also write down greedy, lustful, and lazy. Those are mm -hmm. just 
six, six examples I'm making up off the top of my head. Every man then shares with the group why he wrote down what he wrote down. Why does he see these things in himself? And then the boy also has a stick, but his stick is initially completely empty. Once every man has shared, the boy goes around the group and he unties the character traits off of the men's sticks and ties them onto his own. So ideally, at the end of the ritual, the boy is left with a stick full of these positive character traits. And this is really meant to show in life, we as men have the ability to emulate certain character traits from the men that are around us, right? My father-in-law, for example, is really good at giving words of affirmation. Um, my wife just grew up in that environment where she was constantly praised. That doesn't necessarily come easily to me. So it's something that I have tried to emulate for my father-in-law because I see the value in it. I see how it really strengthens relationships when you're that kind of guy who gives compliments freely. So the boy is left with the stick full of positive character traits. And then the men are left with sticks with their negative character traits on them. And this is meant to show that, you know, none of us are perfect. For me personally, you know, I had this image of my dad and my grandfather, my grandfather, especially because I didn't live with him. Right. So I only saw him uh, intermittently, not like I saw my dad all the time. So I knew he had negative character traits, but in my mind, my grandfather was pretty much perfect. So to hear him talk about his negative character traits, that was kind of an eye-opening experience for me that no, none of us are perfect, even my own grandfather. And that part of being a man is improving on your negative character traits. So the men take their sticks with their negative character traits written on them, and they actually place them in the fire. So part of the weekend is that we keep a fire going the entire time. Uh, the fire is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So fire is a representation that God is with us during the weekend. So the men take their ribbons and they place them in the fire, which shows their desire to burn away their defects and to improve upon themselves as men. But it also shows not their self-reliance in order to do so, but their reliance upon God to do it because that fire is representative of God during the weekend. So the ribbon ceremony is definitely a really powerful one. I mean, all of them are beneficial in their own ways, you know, like the gifting of letters. I have this binder full of letters in my office here that I can refer back to at any time. You know, th that's really valuable to me in a different way than the ribbon ceremony was valuable. But um, those are some that really impacted me in hindsight. And I, I will say, you know, there I can un I can understand the criticism that like our weekend it does come off as maybe a little bit soft. Like we are just talking <laughs> about manhood and faithfulness and God and uh, how to respect women at all times. We are talking about those types of things. We don't do a ton of hard stuff, I would say. There's not a really difficult challenge. But, you know, um, what I would say to that is that we men are not necessarily good at using our words, you know, and that's what this weekend is really good at. It's it's good at getting men to become vulnerable with one another, to open up and to share what it really means to be a man. Because if we don't ever do that, if we just go outside and fish all the time and hike and chop wood, then we're never having real deep conversations about manhood. And then our boys are left to learn about manhood from the internet, from television, from their peers, 
So I will agree that it does come off as a little bit soft, but I think there's a benefit of having deep conversations with boys at that age. This is, I'm really glad you made that point. You know, I think, so I always reflect back to experiences with my sons, experiences with my family, and then experiences that I've created with other men. And even, even this last event, you know, I talked about at the beginning of the, the podcast, we all converged on a place. We had a fire burning. We, there's something magical, not magical, but there's something special about fire, you yeah. know, and uh, gathering around a fire and just, it, there's a mes, you can get mesmerized and you can get, you, it allows you to slow down and really talk. And we went and shot guns. We did hard things. We did a rock. We learned jujitsu. We, we sweated, we worked, but every guy will say that, that was there will say those were amazing experiences. Awesome. Like off, the, off the charts, but really where the impact was, was in the discussions. Re and we are not good at this as men. And this is one of the reasons, like I'm so, so resolute about continuing these because I saw the impact of that, but can imagine our culture. If we got a hold of that with our boys at 13. Yeah. Like how much further ahead would we be as leaders in our family? Like, because you're coming into your new marriage, you're coming into your new life, you're coming into manhood with the experience that talking is very important. Listening, passing on of stories, passing on of, uh, you know, traditions and even things like, you know, gifting something to somebody is important. How impactful would that be if even 50% of the families implemented something like this? Yeah, 100%. And I think it just goes back to kind of why we err on the side of caution, initiating a boy into manhood at 13. It's probably better to initiate these boys a little bit too early rather than a little bit too late. And I agree with you. As men, there has to be this balance between uh, strength and tenderness, right? Physicality and emotion. Um, we do need to be tough. We do need to learn how to do hard things to have these skills like jujitsu and working with pocket knives and axes. That's an important part of manhood. And I don't mean to neglect that. I love that kind of stuff. Personally, I'm an Eagle scout. Mm -hmm. um, I have a, a gym built out in my garage. I love being physical and working with my body, but we also need to be good communicators and be in touch with our emotions. Like you said, you know, if a boy if a man enters into manhood, into if a man enters into marriage and is not a good communicator and is not in touch with his emotions, that marriage is not going to go well. So right. men need to be both strong, but also in touch with their emotions and good communicators. That is what it means to be a good, virtuous man. Yeah, agreed. That reminds me, there's some really cool things at the end of the uh, at the end of the book. There's literally a list that your family has created. Um, kind of like what it means to be a man and like to be able to, I, I was reading through this and I reviewed it again today and this just isn't something we have. And, you know, like let's, first of all, you and I both, as far as I can tell, you and I both steep our traditions and our foundation on our morals, our, our guide guidance on a, on a Christian God-based basis. I mean, and so yeah, absolutely, for, 
for me, that's incredibly important. And I really try to let men know, like, like, look, you may not have that, but here's why it's so incredibly important, whatever that means to you. But to be able to see a list that other that you guys have put together was really impactful for me because we don't take the time to really describe or define that, you know, the characteristics of a man. And quite honestly, in our society right now, they're trying so hard to rip it away. And this will come out much later than um, this news. But what is James Cameron, the famous producer, director of like Titanic and what uh, maybe Terminator is, is yeah, basically Terminator and then yeah. this new Avatar movie coming out too. He did all right. of those. And he just made a huge public statement that um, that testosterone is is poison, and we we should all be moving away from testosterone. It was an incredibly strong statement. Um, I saw an incredibly funny Babylon B thing response. It's like what Terminator would look like now if um, James Cameron. <laughs> it was just like this, just like you know, not looking like a guy. It was it was incredibly funny. But this is where our society is trying really hard to push us into is like, no, 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 no. That's not the definition of a man. I think that is the reason we need to double down and really define what a man is. A hundred percent. I mean, if we just leave our boys left to the culture to let the culture define what manhood it means, they will be very confused. You know, the culture itself is very confused. If you just Google search, what is a man? It's like, well, it's on a spectrum, right? That's what that's what the culture at large says it means to be a man is that it essentially means nothing. Um, I would say to James Cameron, you know, if testosterone is poison, then let's stop giving it to our girls. Let's stop. <laughs> oh, no, seriously. Like, that's so true. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what we're doing. We're telling girls that they should be boys and we're giving them testosterone. So if it's poison, let's stop giving it to them. Uh, that's, that's a, it's a, it's a really good response. And it's, I laughed, but, but it's, it's just so incredibly ridiculous. Um, yeah. but let's talk about girls because we can't, we'd be remiss if we just thought this is only for boys. Now we, we do know that there is a problem in our society with masculinity, defining masculinity, being okay with boys turning into men who have traits of masculinity. This is a good thing. This is how society works. This has been shown through, you know, hundreds and thousands of years of of history uh there's obviously daughters and um nieces in the family yeah. what, what happens to them do they feel left out so all the girls in our family got a rite of passage as well the weekend looks essentially the same as the male version of the rite of passage the biggest difference obviously is that it's the the women of the family that take her out for the weekend it's not the men so they discuss what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a good woman? Um, and then my dad and I, you know, when we were writing this book, I come from a family of all boys. So mm. my, my female cousins got this, a rite of passage, but my dad was never really involved in organizing one of them. I never attended one. I did attend the rites of passage for my younger siblings and for my younger brother, my younger cousins because my younger male cousins, because I was considered to be a man of the family. So I was eligible to be one of those male mentors, but I never attended one of the female versions. So my dad and I didn't feel like we were the right people to write that book. So we chose to focus on the male version of the mm -hmm. rite of passage. 
but we do have a short chapter at the end of the book on the slight differences between the two weekends and how to implement this for a female as well. So yes, girls do get a rite of passages yeah. too. So I, there's a few questions that came to mind and it's not, these aren't challenges to you. They're literally like, what do you do if you don't have a grandfather or if your father is neglecting and like, how do you start this when you didn't, you don't have that support because there's guys probably listening going, well, my dad's not in the picture. My grandfather's not in the picture, nor would I want them to be, nor can I get my brothers here. They're, you know, off. That's just not something they value. Have you thought through how you start this from the ground when you don't really have that firm family foundation in history like you did? Absolutely. Those are great questions. So if you don't have a tight knit family or families that are family members who are good examples of what it means to be a man who would just not be good people to invite on this weekend, then I would say you need to look outside of your family, you know, close family, friends, people from your church. It could even be like, Boy Scout troop master or football coach, you know, um, really, I would say there's three characteristics that you're looking for. One, you're looking for a man because manhood can only be given from another man. Two, you're looking for a man who has a previous relationship with your boy. It shouldn't be a complete stranger. This should not be the first time that your son is meeting this man because then his advice means nothing to your son. Mm -hmm. It has to be someone with a previous relationship with him. And then number three, it should be a man who ultimately you want your son to turn out to be someone who you trust to give advice to your son, someone who you trust to shape him in his masculine identity. So if you don't have, uh, if you don't have men in your family who you trust, then I would say you need to look outside of your family. And then the other thing um, that I want to talk about is how to have a rite of passage for a boy who doesn't have a dad in the house, because not everyone, not every boy has a dad who would organize something like this for him. And that situation actually occurred in our family because one of my younger cousins is adopted from uh, my aunt who never got married. So he, he was adopted from a single mother. And in that situation, my aunt, you know, she saw the, the value in him having a rite of passage weekend um, gaining confidence in his masculine identity, learning how to relate to other men in healthy ways. And she knew that was something that she couldn't give her son because she was a woman. So she saw the benefit of having a rite of passage for her boy. And so she asked my grandfather to lead up his weekend. And as you can imagine, my grandfather was ecstatic and totally jumped out the opportunity. So if you are a single mother out there, I would say, identify another man who you trust to lead a rite of passage weekend for your son. And not all the weight is gonna fall on his shoulders because he's gonna bring in two or three other guys. It's gonna be a tribe that's gonna do this. It's not gonna be one man. So um, it, it's not totally intimidating, but I would say that for boys who don't have a dad in the house, it's probably even more important for them to experience a rite of passage because they don't have that example day, to, day in and day out of manhood. I, I agree 100%, and that was my next question. How does a, a single mom or a boy who doesn't have a man in his, in his life do this? And I think this is a really great call to men, like be watching. Maybe you are the person that goes to the mom 
who doesn't know anything about this and says, hey, look, your son needs to walk from boyhood into manhood and, you know, be that guy that makes the difference in that boy's life. Like it's a weekend. I mean, sure, there's more time you're going to hopefully you're going to sew into him. Yeah. We all think that we have to do like take someone in, in for life to leave an impact. And that's not ne necessary. I can imagine how impactful this would be if you had a relationship with a boy, maybe through the church or, you know, a friend's dad or someone that's trusted, obviously took you under and said, Hey, look, this, we're going to, we are going to march you into manhood and we're going to leave, you know, we're going to give you exactly what you need to understand what it needs to be a man. I mean, that's talk that talk about impactful. That's huge. For sure. I think, you know, when we're boys, sometimes we try to prove our manhood to ourselves. <laughs> and that's like, like a lot of video games, a lot of video games today, you can literally go out and slay a dragon. Yep. That's totally builds into that male ego as a warrior, as a proving yourself as a man. Um, you look at violence, you know, kids getting involved in violence. That's really a boy show, trying to prove to himself. I am physically superior to this other man. Therefore I must be a man or the sexual conquest of women, you know, boys sleeping around and they say things like, she made a man out of me, right? It's all, all this activity is boys trying to prove their manhood to themselves. But if, if another man simply tells a boy, you are also a man, then the boy doesn't feel the need to prove it to himself. In my own case, you know, there was no question in my mind that my, as a 13 year old, that my dad, my grandfather, and my two uncles were men. They were all married. They all had kids. They all had jobs. They were all way older than me, way stronger than me. They were good dudes. I looked up to them and I never questioned. I was like, yeah, he's a man, of course. And the fact that they turned around and they told me, you are a man too. That's when I was like, well, now I can't question that either because I don't question that they're men. I don't question that they've told me that I'm a man. So now I can't, I didn't question my own manhood. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that's, I think that's the benefit of this weekend is bestowing manhood from one generation to the next. And then we're not aimlessly doing stupid things to figure it out. Exactly. I mean, undoubtedly, you know, I still did dumb things as a teenager, right? Like some of that stuff is inevitable. Oh, of course. That's just life. But I do think that I didn't feel the need to take it to such an extreme because I had one of these weekends. Yeah, that was actually what I was gonna bring up next is like, you know, this is not the equation for a perfect, you know, teenage life. Uh, we're all human, we all, I don't know, I don't know of any guy who just didn't do something incredibly stupid at least once a year as a teenager. <laughs> so uh, it does not make you exempt from that. Um, man, before we wrap this up, did we, is there anything else that you, you want to talk about that we haven't covered? Um, I guess one, one more thing that I would add in is that the boy is given leadership elements during the weekend, leadership responsibility. So the boy decides who cooks, who cleans, um, who gets each bed, you know, who sleeps in each bedroom. Um, he even picks out things like who gets each seat in the car, who gets shotgun, who has to sit in, in the back. Um, and really that's a, a way to give the boy experience making decisions, 
giving him experience, how to be a leader, um, and making decisions that, that don't just affect him, but affect other people as well. And I think, Scott, that ties into what you're saying about, you know, that manhood is not all about just uh, like communicating and doing these kind of like sharing exercises, but we also have to be men of action and mm -hmm. be leaders too. So that's a way to kind of let the boy dip his toe into leadership responsibility. And ultimately that should help him as he grows up and has to make bigger decisions like where to go to college, what job to take, who to marry. Yeah. The, incredible. This like, I hope men really sat down and took notes, but really quite honestly, what I hope they do is pick up this book and the, like, look for me, uh, to, because I'm all during this conversation, I've inevitably like started to develop this idea on what I want to do, how I'm going to catch up with my one and what I want to do with my other. They're going to have to be a little different. It's just, it's inevitable at this time, but, yeah. but it's really cool because I kept thinking, Oh, at the end I, I can look at each of these things and maybe I don't want to do the ribbon ceremony, which I think is insanely cool. So I probably do, but, um, you know, I can make it my own but it lays that foundation. It, there's such an incredible foundation. Um, and when at our event this summer or this September, uh, Aaron Guyette came and he presented his rite of passage, which is incredibly different from yours. Uh -huh. And he actually has, I think three levels. They do it at 13, 16 and 18. I think 18 is literally like, see you later. Like now, you know, a formal, like go away. Yeah. But uh, they're all, they're all ones that require a ton of preparation by the child. They know from very young that they're going to have this rite of passage and they're prepping and they're learning specific skills to carry it out. And they actually have to pass a test. And so it's really cool. It, well, he presented that. And some of these guys were like, I'm not prepared. Like they're like, Scott, it's so phenomenal. I don't know if I have it in me to do that. And my message to them was like, he, he has those skills. Aaron has those skills. He's incredibly talented and he can pass those on to other people. But if you don't have the time because your kids are almost there, there's other ways to do this. And that's why it was so cool to see your book and be like, okay, here's another manual. Like I tell people, you know, eat the meat and spit out the bones on yeah. everything. There's multiple rites of passage. Look at them, eat the meat, spit out the bones and create your own but make sure that there's an like the elements you talked about today, the meaning behind them is so incredibly sh powerful. Like, you know, and, and I think that's really what I'm looking forward to doing is sitting down, looking at what Aaron does, looking at what you do and making notes and starting this thing. And I have the power right now to get a system, get to get things written down, try them and pass it down. And that's a really, really exciting, um, it's a really exciting thing. So uh, I just want to encourage people to pick the book up. I'm not getting any kickback. It might sound like it. <laughs> I, where do they find it? <laughs> so you can pick up a book uh, on our website, which is milestonetomanhood.com. It's also available on Amazon. So just type in Milestone to Manhood in the search bar and it should pop right up. One more thing I'll add, Scott, you know, um, if you or your listeners want to implement our rite of passage weekend for your own sons. We actually have email templates on our website. Oh, wow. So, uh, you go to our website. We don't ask for your email address. Cause I know some guys don't want to be spammed. These templates are completely free. 
and you go to our website, you just copy it and paste it into a body of an email. These, these email templates explain what a rite of passage is, why you want to hold one for your son. Uh, it, it helps you identify which men to invite, and then it explains the weekend to them. So we literally are giving you the words to organize one of these weekends. So you don't have to come up and figure out how to type out a lengthy email explaining what you want to do for your son. We've already typed out those emails for you. So you just go to our website, milestonetomanhood.com. There's a planning section there. And there's just five, there's five steps we lay out. Step one, step two, step three, four, and five. And they're just emails that you copy and paste. So really, if you want to do our weekend, and I totally respect the fact that you might not want to, you could do whatever you want. I'm, I'm good with that. But if you want to do ours, you can take our emails, um, copy them from our website and use our words. We, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you. That's incredible. I had no idea about that. That is really cool. Um, and you know, the no strings attached, it just develops trust for people as well. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I agree. And that's really cool. Steven, it's been an absolute, um, blessing quite honestly to have you on and to share this with us. Um, for me, reading the book was one thing, but then to hear the tone from you was another. So I really appreciate that because there's just such clarity and obviousness that this is incredibly deeply um, important and powerful in your life and your, your calling to really help other people do this. So I thank you very much. Well, thank you so much. That was a very kind compliment that you just gave me. Thank All right. You. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. And I'm serious, like, just go buy the book. And even if you're not going to read it right away, just put it there knowing that that's your manual and um, go bookmark that that webpage and grab those documents. I'm like in my head thinking I got to do this and, uh, you know, just make a plan because it's it. This is your this is your legacy and you have the opportunity to really, really pave an amazing path forward using a rite of passage for your son, your daughter, your grandkids, uh, your godson, whatever the case may be. Think big and um, go go implement. And speaking of implementing, go rate and review the podcast so more people will find it. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.